And that's Nod featuring no such thing that ends it. Now um, you're with Julian on the Brand Oak movie review time and I'm going to do um, a seat of the pants review given that I normally scroll through my phone to get basic info um, especially on low rent affair like this where no one's going to know anything about it. So I'm going to review uh, what I remember of the film Rogue. Now Rogue 2020 if you want to look it up online because there's actually quite a few films called Rogue. Um, this one is a Megan Fox starring vehicle and it's got a whopping 3.1 on Internet Movie Database which is in the realm of absolute terrors, uh, unwatchable disasters and so on. She stars as um, a uh, mercenary for hire kind of special ops person so that might immediately be putting you in the realm of Odea. Um, who is, in, I think this whole film was actually a really low-key idea written by someone in South Africa. And the whole point of it was to highlight the astonishing live lion trade there, where there are thousands of lions killed every year, kept in cages, um, their bones and their pelts are used, and they're used in safari shoots and so on. Thousands of them. Um, and kept in really horrible conditions as well. And that was the backbone of the film, and it was only supposed to be a very limited affair. Um, but apparently Megan Fox got on board, our studio got on board, and they gave it a little bit of a budget. So we open with a lion farm in South Africa, although the presence of Al-Shabaab in this, which I believe is Somalia, clouded all of this issue for me. I didn't know that the militant Islamic group Al-Shabaab, which I associate with Somalia, was in South Africa. Maybe they are. I can't tell you because I can't look it up. Um, they've got a lion farm and Megan Fox and her band of mercenaries, the usual kind of mercenaries, they're all ex-special ops, uh, doing this um, mission. You think initially to um, working for the government to you know, crash this lion farm but actually they're there to rescue a governor's daughter who's been kidnapped by this militant group the people running the lion farm are a militant islamic group called al-shabaab who've waged war in somalia for many years um, but apparently we're in south africa here e even though it's i don't think they actually mention which part of africa they're in um, it does tell you at the end that the lion farming trade is in south africa so i'm not sure how that all pans out they raid this lion facility and rescue these, well, initially the governor's daughter, but then they end up seeing that there are two other girls in cages. And you imagine that they're being trafficked. Um, even though that's a bit hazy, um, it's, it's, it's kind of like they're like white posh schoolgirls, so you've got to care. Um, but it's a bit hazy whether they're being sex trafficked or what, because the governor's daughter is being held as a method of control over the governor so whether there's some sex trafficking thing going on i don't really know and they don't really expand on that and they were actually going to leave these girls in the cages megan was as well and i like that i like it when they make the lead character a little bit less noble uh, get some dirt on her straight away which i thought was good it's the other soldiers she's with that force her virtually to take the other two girls with them so they rescue all three girls and a massive gunfight opens out. And the first half hour of the film is just action. It's just, it's just action. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Um, they have this huge gunfight and they're pursued through the savannah by uh, you know, jeeps with machine guns on. 
um, and they're very overwhelmed numerically. And everyone has a go at her for rescuing the other two girls, even though they said to do it. But it doesn't seem to have any impact on what happens anyway. So I was a bit curious about that. Um, they have a helicopter coming to pick them all up. For me, it didn't look big enough anyway. Um, there's quite a lot of them in a couple of, in a few jeeps, so I don't know how that was going to pan out. Um, but the militants shoot down the helicopter. And suddenly the whole game's changed because they're now in a world of problems because they're outgunned by this massive force that's after them and their way out has been cancelled. <coughs> so they have absolutely no way out apart from fighting these guys and doing a rearguard retreat and that's the rest of the movie, them trying to get to a point where they can be extracted. Now, it's got sort of zero out of ten potential um, I seriously don't think so. I don't. It's um, There are elements in it. The most famous one that is going to come up over and over again is the lion that... So basically, they reach a farmstead at some stage in the film, probably around 40 minutes in, and they make that their base. And this happens to be the lion farm that you're shown in the initial opening of the film, which I confused as being where the girls were kidnapped, but they're two separate places. Now... The lions have escaped at the start and murdered the people that were keeping them in cages, which you see in the opening. Very, and I and I literally confuse these two environments as being the same one. So the lion farms abandoned. They make this their this sort of like an old colonial homestead, and they make that their base. And there's one lion left who's become a killer. And this now becomes a horror movie where the lion is like, you know, so many films. The Jaws. The lion becomes the Jaws. It's hunting them. It's dispatching them. Um, and we get all these um, horror movie tropes where there's this monster that's hunting them one by one. Standard horror movie fare overlaid on top of a, a, a more sort of... Um, six underground action film or the old guard style action film where there's constant shooting and, and walking around pointing automatic weapons at people then it becomes a mishmash of that and a horror um everyone's focusing on the lion the lion's special effects are not to a standard that you will be used to seeing in a film um people are staying playstation 2 cutscene a lot um they aren't good enough to feature in the in a in a proper movie and there's no getting around that um i was confused as to why they use the lion so uh, visibly because they use it a lot especially as the movie progresses and it does look like a commodore 64 computer game lion um and every time you see it on screen you're just giggling but I don't know why they used it so much because they would have had a much better job of it if they'd have reduced the amount of screen time for the line and used the rest of it in the shadows, in the background, sound effects, all of the things that you can get away with giving the impression of the lion being there, you know, eyes in the distance. They didn't have to show it in full colour on screen looking like a, a, an old computer game because it's very, very silly. Um that's really going to push this film into very, very low territory score-wise. But if you like your action adventurers, a little bit like um, Triple Frontier, which is a massively superior film on every level, but that kind of thing where you get a band of soldiers, you get an event they do, and then they're pursued for the rest of the movie uh, through a jungle location. In this case, 
I mean, it's a low-rent film, but the cinematography of the African environment is stunning. It's beautifully shot. It's really colourful, and you get these amazing reds, earths, and um, beautiful uh, open panoramas and waterfalls and rivers. And all of that looks really expensive, even though it's just a local environment. It looks cinematically fantastic, and it's very well shot. Um So those parts of it didn't make it look like a cheap film. The action, the on-shooting, was possible. And there's a lot of it. Half the film is um, gun violence and shooting. And they make sure that they give the soldiers virtually no ammo uh, when they they reach their holdout in this um, farmstead to make things a bit more interesting, which it does. Um, All that side of it is perfectly perfunctory. Um, there's not, it's, it's not a one out of ten movie from that at all. It's just a lion. Yes, it's low rent, and a lot of the narrative in it is a bit. Sometimes the actors are, are, are pausing in ways to let things happen on screen, and it's quite visibly obvious, particularly with the lion, where you know that they're acting and they haven't managed to put the special effects for the lion in a way that marries up with what's going on. There's like the actor sort of standing there a bit too long and it's quite often and you kind of go, oh yeah. Um, but there are other narrative choices where characters behave in a way where you think, oh, I don't know, that's that's a bit obviously naff. Um, but it doesn't happen that much more than most films. Um, Megan Fox, I thought, was going to be utter cringe. Um, in the first few seconds, I thought, oh no, you can't be asking me to believe that she's this you know, special ops, black ops operative that goes in on a helicopter and comes down, abseiling down into um, battle zones. She's pretty good. She's pretty good. There's nothing wrong with her performance in it. She's as good as as most wrote action heroes in a film. Um, So I thought she did a reasonably good job, actually. I liked her more than Kelly Lane in The Old Guard. I didn't constantly think she was clunky. And that's the thing. I said reviewing the film... PowerPoint presentation. I still can't remember the name of that film. Project Power, last week, and the difference between that and the film with Shia LaBeouf in The Tax Collector. The Tax Collector was just a baseline, nothing good about it, but watchable. Same here. It's not aggressively bad, like something like The Old Guard or Project Power, where I'm continually sort of like clenching my fist because I'm angry at the narrative choices or the stupidity of the directors or the stupidity they project onto the audience about what they're prepared to accept. It was just very bog standard. I thought this was, um, you know, it's, it's almost like you get these films that would have been the 1980s had a $20,000 budget and looked like it. With modern equipment and everything, it often looks a lot better than that. And I, I didn't think the supporting cast were ever cringeable. I thought that they were passable. Um, and there's one of the Al-Shabaab guys is really good. A couple of the Al-Shabaab guys, there's a guy from England that claims to be a Muslim that was oppressed in England that's now in Africa, and actually he's only doing it for the money. He doesn't give. He, he thinks jihad's for losers. That kind of thing was all right, but their lead guy, the South African guy, he reminds me of the guy that was in District 9, Elysium, um, and Free Fire, the South African actor, he's ri- he's brilliant in everything. And a cross between him and Andy Serkis in the Black Panther movie, he's this really nasty yet quite funny mercenary. He's a horrible human being yet also kind of cool. Um, and I thought some of the side characters were actually pretty decent. So even though this isn't a good film and the Lion thing might actually 
be too much for most people to get past. I thought it was a passable effort for the action alone and the cinematography is fine. Megan Fox doesn't disgrace herself. This is just a, a straight-to-video film that's done reasonably well apart from one special effect. So I would say Rogue is worth your time. The special effect of the line is, is very amusing. The gun battles are pretty decent. The environment is kind of good. The visual and cinematic environment is, is lovely and colourful and widescreen. And um, there's some nice moments, like the elephants that appear on the screen, the real elephants. It's quite a, a magical moment, that. So I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10 for Rogue. And I would say that's purely because it's dragged down by certain cin necessary cinematic elements that you can't get past or take seriously. But if you want to shoot them up, that's undemanding and will pass by in an hour and three quarters... And, and covers those parts reasonably well. And it's got some nice violence in it because it doesn't use it all the time. And when, and when it needs to, it throws something really horrific in out of nowhere, which is done quite well. Um, so, yeah, 4 out of 10 for Rogue. It's nowhere near as bad as whatever it's going to get on Rotten Tomatoes. Probably in the low 10s. Uh, Rogue, 4 out of 10. This is a Haru...